Thank you for downloading this podcast and welcome to Arrow Bandwidth, the podcast to help the channel better understand the trends, technologies and concepts that are facing the IT industry today. I'm your host, David Fern, and we hope you enjoy this Arrow production. And please subscribe. Thanks. Hello and welcome to a very, very special episode of Arrow Bandwidth. And we are today at Cloud Expo Europe. We are indeed. They let us out of the office. This is great. This, this is, is great. great. This is great. Open air. Well, uh, as open air as the XL gets, which, yes. you know, it never fails to amaze me, just the plethora of different companies that, that you come across here. No. I mean, you know, we've got, I think the interesting thing for me this year is we've got the um, smart IoT area. Yes, you know, we've of got uh, we've got our, our usual friends in Cloud Security Expo, and we've got um, obviously is it Data Center World as well. Yep, so Data Center World with the, the generators. You, want, you know, and you want to cover systems. yeah, you want to yeah. cover anything from DevOps through to generators and cooling systems. Absolutely, it's kind of all here, and I, and I think that's for me one of the it's one of the daunting things almost. It's just too much to get around in a day. Uh, absolutely, I mean, literally. I don't know if you guys know the Excel, but I mean we've taken four or five of the ten segments, which is no mean feat. I mean, it's a huge, huge place. And um, it's almost too big. But, hey, it doesn't matter. Most important thing is we're here. Arrow have a stand in the Smart IoT uh, Village, which is fantastic. We do indeed. Um, we're representing ourselves um, from a components, OCS, and ECS perspective. So, so yeah, fantastic. Yeah, I mean, it's it is interesting, isn't it? When we when we say you know the, the plethora of tech and and uh, and vendors here, you know, it, it strikes me that you know this year more than ever we're starting to see banners crop up with um, things such as uh, smarter cities. So we're seeing yep. smarter Bristol, smarter Milton Keynes, I think places like that. Yeah. You know, we're seeing um, not just the you know the, the Lenovo Nutanix types of stands and and your usual vendors in sort of NetApp and who you'd want to to and expect to see. You know, we've got we've got IBM here representing as well. But but it's it's a case of I think ever so slightly. I don't know what your view is on this. Ever so slightly, sure, safely and surely, we're starting to see solutions crop up. Don't be silly. Don't be silly. Right. Silly or cynical? I don't know. <laughs> what do you think? So, today's podcast is going to be a little bit special. Um, the plan is that we are going to, you're going to hear us, but we're actually going to have some guests come on. Some people from the show, some people, uh, some friends of Arrow, um, some vendors, and, uh, and one of our colleagues from uh, another part of our, our business in Arrow, our components organization. Yeah. So, and we're also getting, uh, and we're also getting, <laughs> we're going to get interrupted as and as when people come to us because... Just to say, this is pseudo live. We are actually at the event, as you can probably hear in the background. So uh, apologies if it's not quite the slick and polished experience you're normally used to. But what can I say? This is our first, our first outside broadcast special. So, uh, hey. Yeah, you've not, mas you've not mastered the <laughs> trick of, um, shall we say... <laughs> Sorry. See, look, we're and we're already getting heckled. We are. We're getting heckled. You know, this is the thing. You know, we, we've not put um, special effects on the background. We are actually here. Uh, yep. And we've taken up squatters' rights uh, in, uh, in an area of, 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 one, of our, one of our friends. Yes, who will be on later, giving us a uh, world exclusive on his opinions and his view of exactly what, uh, 
what the cloud means to him, which I'm looking forward to. Yeah, I am as well. I am as well. So I, I think at some point it's it'll be time uh, soon to usher on our first guest. I think so, yeah. So, so uh, without further ado, we're going to have a, a one-second break and we're going to bring her on. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's awesome. go ambush them. Brilliant. Okay, and now we have our first guest, uh, Lucy from IBM. If you'd like to introduce yourself, that'd be fantastic. Thanks, David. It's so exciting to be here. Um, so <laughs> my name's Lucy Bramley, and I lead the cloud advisor team in the UK. Uh, this is a relatively new role for IBM, and our people will look at, at what does cloud mean to customers? Where fantastic. are they on their journey? Yeah. Um, do they know what public cloud is? Do they know what private cloud is? Do they know what they want to do? moving forward and, and my team will help them to define their path to Perfect. success. A very, very appropriate uh, thing to be doing at Cloud Expo, to be quite frank. Um, so immediately on to, on to some interesting questions then. So as far as um, you know, the place where, where we are in the cloud today, where are you finding um, your time being spent most or your, your guys and girls' time being spent most? Um, at what stage are you seeing most, most customers at the moment in their sort of adoption of cloud? Um, gosh, it's a really big question, isn't it? Because everybody wants to know about cloud, yep. um, but there isn't just one dictionary definition of it. Mm. And I think it's fair to say that IBM's got a long history um, in cloud-like activities. You know, when you think about yep. our, our mainframe history, you know, and our large servers, it, we've always given people access to really reliable systems. Um, but cloud nowadays means lots of different things to people. So you don't just want one system. You know, you, you want to use um, your APIs, you know, so you might, you might have yep. links out to other customers, to partners. You might have data that you want to sell on the open market. That's true, this, yeah. is, this is a really new way of doing business. So all of a sudden, what you used to keep behind, you know, an, an, an enormous gate in your own data center, you're trying to open up in a really safe way to other customers, other partners, um, and, and, and kind of do business that way. It's, it's a, a, a different approach, isn't it? Um, so it's been a big change for us in IBM. It's been a big change for lots of IT companies. Um, and it's certainly a big change for customers. Hi, Lucy. Um, would, would you say, you know, from, from the journey that, that you've been on over since the team's been formed over the last 12 months, are there any sort of common themes coming through about the, the type of conversations and engagements that you're involved with? Or... Because if I look at the cloud portfolio, I, like you say, it, we were talking just just before the podcast started about started off with about five technologies, and now it's a it's a whole plethora of, of tech and services. Is is there any commonality, or do you find that it's it's a whole range of of tech and scenarios for deploying and or utilizing cloud? There's lots of questions that are integration based, and and to be honest, I don't think that's a new discussion. So, you know, if you think back to, you know, 10, 15 years ago, customers were maybe looking at adopting something like SAP, you know, to, to run a lot of their back office services or a CRM system. And there would be lots of questions about integration there. Will this work with our databases? Will, will this work um, with our messaging software and our payments and transaction processing software? So they're, they're the similar questions to that. It's just different technology and different services and, and you know, different frequency of activity um, if, if you're dealing, you know, with mobile applications as, as opposed to, you know, somebody using a cash point in the wall. So there's a lot of questions about integration. There's a, a lot of questions about, will I be able to run this application on this platform, um, which 
I think it's quite different. You know, so, so customers are looking at using a real vast array of suppliers and service providers, which I think is great for you as yes. a distributor. Um, and, and, and somewhat of a challenge for us at times. Um, well, and that's why you have us, because the idea of, I, I, you know, I always sort of um, term our new role in this, in this new world as, you know, we see the world evolve, we see, you know, the time between different sort of mini digital revolutions sort of becomes closer, closer and closer and closer. Yeah, our role is to start to become a technology partner to our partners, both vendors and, and the channel, and start to essentially be the broker, not just the product broker, but almost the, um, the solution broker between, as you say, your cloud offerings and other people's software and ISVs value and, and all these good things. But one more question. Um, so you've mentioned integration a few times. I'm, I'm absolutely a believer that, that it's actually one of the biggest opportunities um, for cloud, um, for, uh, for the MSPs, for, for the channel, is, is around being able to integrate disparate cloud services with on-premise, on-premise with on-premise, and, and cloud with cloud. Um, do you see any other big sort of business opportunities? I mean, if you, uh, if you had to sort of um, advise an organization on, on where they should place their bets on, on what, was, what to be famous for in 2016 in cloud, I mean, what, what would you say? Gosh. Um, I mean, I, I agree about things like managed services. I think there's, there's, a, there's scope for people that maybe were resellers um, in, in a particular specialty area. So maybe they had an application or, or a solution that they developed and they would then sell on. Yep. If, if they want to manage their customer's use of that application in a data center, whether it's theirs or somebody else's, yep. I, I think there's, there's a, a big market there and we see lots of conversations around that. Um, I think, I don't know if this answers your question, but let's go back to when you mentioned speed. You know, the pace of change is, is just... It's unbelievable. It's, yeah, it really and, is. And you know, we, when you think about product roadmaps, I mean, is that even oh, a, a valuable term you know anymore? That's a really, you know, really good point. Because we used to say, you know, that will be in the next one, you know, and you think back five years, you know, that was 18 months out yeah. and then 12 months out. And now, you know, well, we want it now, you know, we want it in an yeah. hour, we want it in a day. Exactly. Um, so that's a big challenge. That is and a what, challenge. And what does that come down to? That's things mm. like um, testing and release management. So these sorts of services, mm. um, whether that's educating people or providing services in the cloud that help people to do that, that, that helps to respond yeah. to that, that pace of change. That's issue. fantastic. Well, thank you very, very much. And it's I really hope you enjoy the rest of your day on the IBM stand. And uh, yeah, thank you very much for being our first Thanks, guest. Dave. Thanks, Richard. Thank you very much. Cheers. So it's time, to us to, time for us to introduce, God blimey, it's been a long show, two days, two days in. It's time for us to introduce, and by the way, I have absolutely nothing to complain about compared to our next guest, who has stood and manned our arrow stand for the whole two days. Uh, it's uh, Mr. Andrew Bickley. Andrew, welcome to the show. And uh, if you'd like to introduce yourself. So guys, uh, thanks very much for the, for the invitation. And I, and I must say, you guys look really intelligent in, re in real life. A lot of the time I see your, <laughs> your images and your photographs. So you really do, you do look intelligent. So yeah, let me introduce myself. Um, How much you know, I, I have the responsibility to... Uh, to manage the IoT business for Arrow Electronics in Europe and uh, the connectivity business. And uh, yeah, we're here enjoying a great two days, uh, two days at the show now. Good, 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 good. So you are actually in the new um, IoT Smart Village, is it? Smart IoT Hub, part of the, part of the show. I don't, forgive me, I don't think they've had that here before yet. I think that's a new addition for this year as far as I know. 
Yeah, absolutely. So this is our first year to exhibit here, and um, part of the part of the reason we're here is to get the the brand identity up of Arrow yep. in terms of you know um, being a, a core IoT technology provider. And you would be amazed at how many people have dropped by the booth and said. Really? Are you Arrow? Are you in IoT? So there's a long way to go to educate some of the engineers out yeah. there. But, you know, any engineers this goes out to, please drop by, see us, call us. Oh, gotcha. We're an IoT company. Absolutely. And that's the, I think that's one of the most interesting messages from my perspective is that this is very much a show that's appropriate to our part of the business, ECS. But I think it's, it's really fascinating to hear your feedback and, and the feedback from the other guys on the stand that it really is a bit of a shock to people that we're even in this business. And the truth is, I think there's not enough... You know, coverage, not enough press, not enough us shouting from the rooftops about just how much we do in IoT and just how competent we are, not just in ECS, not just in components, not just in OCS, but literally end-to-end -end across the board. And, you know, I, I think that we need to do a lot more raising the profile and raising the roof. So um, in that perspective, so, so you know, what have you found sort of, um, have, you, have you found across, come across some interesting customers? Have you had some good, good conversations sort of... Uh, How's, how do you think this is going to play out into, uh, into some business going forward? Yeah, it's interesting because a lot, a lot of our customers are, um, you know, they want to get things connected. You know, the first stage of the IoT system is get things connected and start driving data into the network. And a lot of that starts with sensors. Then you need a wireless um, module or IC, and then you need software. A lot of customers are coming up to us saying, you know, okay, guide me through the technologies that are available. They're asking us what's hot. What is the wireless solution I should choose? What is the protocol I should choose? Tell me about security. So, you know, I think we've got a lot of great customers here who've got fantastic, you know, ideas for products and solutions. And we are really the experts who are guiding them through the best choice of hardware, security, software, operating systems, gateways, and even now recommending, you know, the cloud solutions that they should be directing their hardware to. So I'm hoping we've got a tremendous amount of follow-up. The stand is crazily busy. You know, I don't think I've, I've eaten since about three days ago. I've managed to get some water and I'm still alive, but I've dropped about 20 pounds, believe it. <laughs> I think it's fair to say we, we, we always know that Andrew will give his pound of flesh when we get onto the subject of IoT. I, Andrew, one of, the, one of the questions I'd ask, um, yeah, in, and in the context of this podcast series, David and I have, uh, have sat down with, uh, with some of our friends from, from, uh, from Compare the Cloud where we're, we're squatting out today at Cloud Expo. And um, uh, Andrew was on a, a previous podcast and he said, you know, one of the big things when it comes to IoT, is it's an education piece. And, and, and do you, yeah, from what you've just said there, do you, do you see that being almost a step change in the relationship that we've got with our customers, that we've got customers coming to us actually asking for, for advice and input from ourselves and almost viewing us as subject matter experts? Or, or do you think, you know, how far are we down that journey of, of be, being that, that almost that subject matter expert around IoT? Yeah, I mean, I think we are the world's best kept secret when it comes to IoT. I'm not going to go as far as to say we invented IoT, but we as Arrow have a real DNA around, around IoT. I mean, what you guys are doing on, your, on you know, the data management side, you know, on the enterprise side, you've been doing that for years, right? And then we've got system integration we've been doing for years, and then we've got connectivity. And that's all an IoT system. And I, and I think part of our job is, is really, you know, 
IoT is a very broad de definition, and we need to bring that down to practical things that you can do with either hardware, software, and, and data, data visualization and business decisions. And honestly, I think that's where Arrow has uh, a massive competence. And this is where I think customers are going to gravitate to us because that's what we provide, not just the hardware, but we provide the guidance on how you get the best out of a business idea or a business model for, for your company. Perfect. Absolutely perfect. Well, on that note, thank you very, very much, Andrew. Short, sharp, and sweet, but really appreciate it. And uh, I think this is going to have to lead into a full podcast with Andrew on exactly what our capabilities are in cloud, wow. in, in, in IoT, Progen, and cloud. But anyway, thank you very much, guys. No, enjoyed thank you very, uh, very enjoyed much. the interview. Thank Cheers. you. So, time for our last guest of the day. Three, short, sharp, that's what we like. And uh, we're still here at Cloud Expo. We're still. Uh, Still squatting on Compare the Cloud's Disruptive Tech TV stand. And we are absolutely honoured, and I do mean honoured, to be joined by the man himself, the founder of Compare the Cloud, Mr. Daniel Thomas. Good afternoon, gentlemen. How are you? Thank you very much. Now, I know that you happen to be working with some of the biggest companies, tech companies in the world. Um, I won't mention any names, but you, you get, get into the boardroom and, uh, and sort of help them to, to guide and steer strategy. So... Uh, I'm very interested in where this conversation is going to go and some of the insights you can give us. So, I thought for this last one, so we, we've had some sort of here and now perspectives, but I thought for this last one, we would do a little bit of a, uh, of a future, a little bit of a, not, 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 not four years out, not even six years out, but, but let's talk about exactly where we are going in the future of technology. Because I think you see what we don't see, you see what people have got in the labs, maybe in the next, that, are, that they're developing over the next three or four years, which will become product over the next 10. So I am fascinated to know your opinion on where the future is going. So, Dan Thomas, what are your predictions for 2024? Am I right, 2024? No, God, God. Maths fail. 2026. Okay, then, let's have an easy one to start with. Um, 2026. So, I think. We're starting to see what I call the birth of the new tech wave. So let's go back before we go forward. So we look at technologies today like email, for instance. Now, email is just a advancement in technology from the days of memos in the office. So the, the actual term BCC or blind carbon copy actually comes from a memo being typed with carbon copy paper underneath it. Yeah, and everything we do today is just a advancement in speed, you know. So if we go back even further, you look at the telegram, you know. You go back even further than that, and you look at you know the postal service and using ships, you know. What letter writing and that kind of form has always been there, you know. So I don't actually think we're on. The, we've never been in the last twenty years on 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 the cusp of any major technology breakthrough despite what various marketing departments might think. Um, I think IoT is getting there. Uh, it's got a long way to go. Um, I think we hear a lot of propaganda about how wonderful IoT is, but I mean, all IoT really is, is making your toaster talk to your, to your, you know, to your bread bin. Your bread bin turns around and says, it's at a certain weight and not full. And your toaster says, look, you know, can I put some bread in there? And it reorders it from the, you know, from the shop. It's not really that great at the moment. If you're looking at 2026, which is uh, quite an interesting time to predict something, 
So I have a few predictions on that. So let me let me start with the first one based on facts. And this was reported in a science magazine over two years ago. Shakespeare's sonnets, uh, Martin Luther King's uh, I Have a Dream speech, and the double helix white paper was actually stored on synthetic human uh, DNA. So, and it was retrieved, by the way. So you look at that, an MPEG-3. And that's something you've actually seen? It's in Journal Magazine. I blogged about it two and a half years ago. Uh, the title of the blog wow. is The Day Computing Changed Forever and We All Missed It Like You Two Did. And <laughs> so yeah, if you probably. can... We were out selling something. Yeah, so was I, allegedly. Um, but from my opinion, so if you look at the, the, the DNA thing, so let's, let's just step back and think about that, yeah? You put them files onto synthetic DNA that you can't even see with the human eye. Now, you look at storage, you look at data centers, you look at subsystems that we've got, you know, we look at everything like that. And I think there's going to be a fusion of what I call biomechanics and tech. Understand, actually, since 1999, Nothing's really changed in terms of the internet or products or services. All we've done is made things faster. And people talk about the advent of social. Well, I'm sorry, but Yahoo Messenger was around in them days, and so was MSN Messenger. And frankly speaking, you know, yeah, Facebook, great idea, but it wasn't original. Moving forward to 2026, it's, um, it's interesting because I think that if we look now, you know, take something like Foxconn that manufactures the iPhone or something like that. So they're doing an ROI study on human versus robot. Think about that. They're actually thinking about whether they replace a human being with a robot and how much the robot costs to do it. And, you know, what I love about all this as well, being a bit of a working class chap, allegedly, um, is it's the white collar workers or the professions that are actually most at threat from AI and, and machine learning. Because you think about those kind of repeatable tasks that could be trained, and that's where we're going to see a lot of AI come in, a lot of disruption come in, you know. And what I think will be happening is, is like the tax office and, you know, a, a, another company will be having an, an algorithm battle. You know, it'll be like, you know, can we beat the tax algorithm of HMRC? Yeah. You know, can we beat the tax algorithm of QuickBooks or something like that or Sage yeah. or, you know, it's like, you know, I think... The world's going to come down to algorithms and who's got the best algorithm. In, but in the future, I think algorithms will be more easily programmable and more. Um, I think they'll be more in touch with what we're looking for. That, that, is, a very, that is actually a very interesting uh, point of view, as, as always. So, can I, though, trouble you for one thing? Can we bring it back to 2016, 2017? I'm going to ask you, being a disruptive technology leader, having your own TV station called Disruptive Tech TV, what do you see, you know, take what you know, what should the channel be looking for as a disruptive technology in 2016, 2017? And I've got one more question for you after that. So the TV station idea, I'm going to have to hand over to Andrew and Neil. They came up with it, and I'm not going to claim credit for them. Obviously, Andrew, uh, our, yeah, who, who's on our podcast this week and, uh, and is on another one next week. So, uh, yeah, watch out for that, everyone. Yeah, yeah, I normally just like let Andrew get on with it and then I'll get presented with a big bill and I'm like, am I going to, you know, so look, let, let, I, I, I'll always claim credit for him running off doing stuff. Some of it works, some of it doesn't, but, you know, that's how you innovate. You know, everyone wants some form of analytics. What they don't want is a box product thrown at them with a load of SQL queries that turns around and allegedly gives them an outcome. You know, so my first thing would be, Go and speak to the customer. Don't 
set out a capability because capabilities can always be outsourced, brought in, Bettered, yeah. or anything like that, or you know, partner with distribution, for instance. Um, don't be afraid to, to have a conversation. I mean, the good thing about being compared to cloud is that I get to speak to a lot of end users, and they know I'm not trying to sell them anything. I'll say unfortunately sometimes because it's still in me, uh, having come from the channel. You know, I walk around the show at the moment, and I'm like. Okay, you know, the show's brilliant, by the way, and I love the show, girls who put it on, and, you know, big shout-out to Sophie and co. But from my perspective, it's like, you know, we need to we need to see some simplification of the tech out there, and I think the end users need to see that as well. Where's and the business value in it? Where's the business value in it? So, not, like you say, an analytics solution is, is all well and good, but that won't wash if you're having a conversation with the HR team when the problem they've got is, well... How do I address staff retention? Why am I losing people? How do I get people to stay longer? Have conversations like that. Understand what the, I won't say the line of business problem is, but, you know, because it's something that's been banded around a while now. But, but okay. like you say, understand what the problem is and then kind of work back from there rather than going with speeds, feeds, and yeah. this is my shiny widget today. So essentially, if we're looking at a disruptive technology, you, you've told us to go and have a conversation. Yeah, I'd say go and have a conversation. You know, look at some of the platforms that are around in IoT, analytics, augmented reality. But more importantly, I think I don't think you can sit there and say, there's a product, go and market it. Yeah. You know, what you need to actually do is run some analytics on yourself. So, you know, what are your customers? What, what industry are they in? You know, what are, you know, their user sizes? What technologies do they use? You know, are they Microsoft or are they Oracle or are they SQL or are they DB2? You know, what actually are they? And, you know, in terms of cloud, you know, cloud's always going to be a disruptor as our SaaS products, yeah? You're going to have to, you know, face facts that, you know, the days of selling an exchange server and, you know, copying 10 grand worth of revenue over a year on it are gone, right? Deal with it, look in the mirror, mate, move on. You're not going to be get paid on that anymore, yeah? Because you can buy it for £2.50 on the web per user per month. Move on. Um, you need to look at what people are, and I think as businesses, you've got to disrupt yourself. Um, you know, the other point I make is on that is if you're going to disrupt yourself, then how do you disrupt yourself and what do you disrupt yourself with? But more importantly, what can you align your products and services with? I mean, my advice, I mean, you know, Arrow, if I was an MSP or CSP or whatever label you want to give yourself tomorrow, go and actually have a chat with them and their marketing team. Um, you know, Sit down, you know, maybe sign an NDA, do whatever you want to do, right? But sit down with them and say, here we are, this is what we are, this is what we've got. You know, make them do some work and, you know, sit down and, and say to them, look, this is what I am. Analyze your own business. Look at the, you know, the SKUs that your companies are working in, user size. Run some metrics on that straight away and use that to go and have a conversation with a distributor and maybe talk about the tripartite agreements you can do where you can... If you go and sack a big car customer and there's a way that Arrow can leverage that with you, go and talk about, you know, if you want to talk IBM, go and talk IBM. You know, if you want to talk Oracle, talk Oracle, Microsoft, Microsoft, you know, but just go and build solutions around need. Okay. So, last question to you before we wrap up. If it all went wrong tomorrow and you needed to create a channel tech organization, what would you do? And you're not allowed to say, I don't know, a TV station or a disruptive media company. What would you do? Where, so we've asked, um, we tried to ask all the guests today, you know, 
where they would essentially make their millions, um, what they would do, where they'd put their money if they were in the channel today. You know the channel better than anyone else. What would you do, Dan? Oh, I think I would liberate the... Pause there. No, no, no. So I, uh, there's two areas I'd start. So, I, yes, I would set up a cloud consultancy. Um, the first I'd do is target storage and uh, replication because that's the easy win because storage technologies are just so far out of date it's untrue you know people are, you know that's I mean I know people that still use tapes and it's like why are you using technology from 1970s and then they buy into a certain platform beginning with A that you know has so called agentist agents and, and it's great it sucks your data up but you try and restore it and it's about as much use as a cat flap in an elephant house um, so therefore I'd start with that but but more importantly, I'd start with a connectivity to the cloud. Because without, you know, connectivity is the pipes that actually allows, allows the software and the services to run. Target the connectivity, and then you've got free flow into all the clouds, and you can become an aggregated cloud broker. You know, there's loads of things you can do. But, you know, but my, my first win would be go for the data, you know, go for the data. Once you've got the backup data, you know, you've got that safely in the cloud, or you've got remote desktops to replicate. I then move on to the second stage, which would be, okay, Mr. Customer, this is your business. How can we give you an outcome that A, makes you an ROI and B, makes you more money? And I'll sign a contract with that customer to turn around and say if they were a toilet manufacturer, you know, how could we bring IoT to the toilet for an argument's yeah. sake, you know? So you'd essentially... Flush per hour. Yeah, I mean, you'd, um, you'd try and sort of transform the business towards more being a, an SI, or a systems integrator, consultancy organization. Without a doubt. Without that's that, I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean, there are there are arguments for tin on the floor, and you know, as you go around London, you see a lot of cabbies using the Toyota Priuses, you know. And I thought about that the other week, so I got a cab back from my favourite football club um, after a glorious win against Tottenham. Uh, hello, Stuart. Um, so from my perspective, I'm in this cab, and I'm sitting there thinking, well, why am I in a cab that's half electric? And then I thought to myself, hang on a minute. All around London, there isn't electricity points where you can charge a car. You know, if your car breaks down, you know, or your battery goes flat, how do you charge it again? And I'm like, bingo. And then I think about the gaslighters that used to go around London. Those gaslighters all went out of business. What did they do? They supplied heat into the home. Yeah. You know, so you wouldn't know about that, Richard, being from up north. Um, you, supplied, you supplied the coal. Um, but you, from, from my opinion, it's like, you know, you take these Priuses as hybrid vehicles, you know, the petrol charges the electric because there's a lack of points. So until we get more points, which are, in my opinion, are network points, hybrid technology is going to be more and more pre prevalent. So, you know, the other area I'd, I'd target, you know, on that is to look at as many hybrid solutions as I can that bring you the best of the cloud, but the best of on-premise and control. Yeah. So, I mean, to finish on a bombshell, is hybrid the intermediary solution for cloud, or is it the end goal? Well, Netflix took seven years to migrate to the cloud, and they're a big, resourceful organization. I don't think that people are ready to go all in on the cloud until the connectivity is sorted. But here's the question. Should they ever go all in on the cloud? Or actually, is, is hybrid a better solution a better solution than going all in? I don't think they'd have a choice but to go all in. Um, I don't think that there'll be systems on-premise around anymore. Uh, I think systems like the mainframe will survive purely because of legacy and, and purely because of the app development required on it. And, and obviously they've embraced the Linux side with Linux 1 as well. Um, 
But I do think that technologies, as we see them today, are going to miniaturise. You know, I go back to my, my original opening comment, which was about DNA. You know, you think about them storage and subsystems on a data centre floor. The data centre of the future in 2026, regardless of where everyone tells me I'm mad, the data of 2026 20, is going to be a lab-type environment where data is stored and retrieved and long-term archived on, in my opinion, DNA. So, so just to sum, sum up then, if you think containerization is the future, you've not seen anything yet, we'll I'll see biomechanics come in. Disruption, that's going to be another area. And then finally, speed, the race is still on and disruption is only going to complicate to that and whoever can, can provide data answers, data solutions, whoever can control connectivity, as a very clever man once told me, those are going to be the areas where, you know what, if somebody gets it right in the channel, they can be really famous. I think more importantly, what the reseller channel needs to do, they really need to just be essential to customers. Every day they need to get out of bed and every day the MD of that company or the VP of that company needs to turn around and say, you know what, my company's been essential to our customers. And until you're essential, nothing else matters. And on that bombshell, Dan, it has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on Arrow Bandwidth. And thank you so much for letting us squat on your stand and uh, so that people can actually hear us. Yeah, and thank you very much for Machiavellian ways that you got me on the stand in the first place and on the mic. Yeah, I FYI, got, we, uh, I got we basically to tapped up his wife uh, to come and ask him and to... Uh, Tell oh, me. I wouldn't say bend his arm, but just, just, just inform him that he will be helping us on this. And uh, Yeah, no, guys, it's been a pleasure. And I hope you've enjoyed the, the show and I, you know, I hope you've enjoyed being on the stand as well. You certainly have. Thank you very much. So... There you have it, the end of our first uh, outside broadcast. And uh, I must admit, I think it's been uh, been quite successful. Hey, do you know what? It, I think it's been successful. Uh, it's been pleasurable. We've had some really interesting guests on. Um, I'm really hungry. My voice hurts. My feet hurt. <laughs> so I'll put that down as being a, a good day spent at a show. Yeah, absolutely. Till, uh, to the next one. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure, uh, you know, just before we go out, I'm sure there'll be a lot of topics from what our illustrious guests have covered today. IoT, APIs the future of tech, being oh, yes. disruptive. You know, there's so much material there that I think, you know what, Series 2 is, is, is not in the can, but certainly well on the way to being planned there, mate. <laughs> You're hoping that, uh, that the series is going to get reached? Yeah, we live in hope. Yeah, we'll future that, we'll future one. But no, thank you ever so much for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this, uh, this Arrow Bandwidth special from Cloud Expo Europe. And uh, yeah, till next week. And um, obviously... We're back in the studio um, this Thursday and next Thursday recording the normal Arrow Bandwidth. So, uh, yeah, please keep listening. And, uh, yeah, thank you very much for your time. Speak soon. Bye. Cheers. Bye.